This week, the, the um, angel candle, what it does is it reminds us of the hope uh, that we have that's fulfilled in the first coming of our Savior. Um, and it's a continued hope, and we're looking forward to the second coming uh, of our Savior. Um, so when, when we come together, and especially this time of year, and we've been talking about Advent, we've been talking about what the candles mean and how we're supposed to act and how we're supposed to celebrate, what we want to do is we don't want to get lost and, and, and um, just get kind of drowned out by all the busyness in, in our lives. Uh, because everybody knows busyness is, is, is what the, the devil uses us to draw us away from, um, from, from Christ and our relationship with him. Uh, so so uh, not, not saying that doing things is bad, don't hear me say that, but don't be so busy when, when somebody um, is uh, uh, one of your friends, your close friends, maybe a, a brother or sister saying, how are you doing with uh, your relationship with the Lord? You're like, yeah, I'm kind of struggling. Don't let busyness be the, the reason for that. Because um, busyness gets, in this time of year, just gets where it feels so overwhelming. And, and, and life uh, throws a, a lot of things at us, and especially this time of year. Um, and, and I think everybody in here probably has a story of something that they went through around Christmas time, or maybe there's something that uh, you're going through. And if you haven't, you will have before too long. You'll probably have something that, that, that you can look back and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I went through this on Christmas. Because it's a time of year that, that uh, brings out the best in people, right? <laughs> do I say amen or do I say mm -hmm, what? It does. I mean, and on both sides, on a, a literal note, it does bring out the best in some people. But also it, on a figurative note, you know, it does bring out the best in some people. Um, and what we have to do is um, we have to deal with it. And if we don't deal with it, um, we, we lose hope. Um, and, and that's what we're going to talk about today um, in reference with this candle is the hope in which we have. Um, so I, I want to read something for you, and it's, a, it's an excerpt from a, um, uh, just a, 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 a writing, and uh, if you know what, what this is from, you get bonus points, but if not, um, shame on you. So I, I've heightened the bar just a little bit, right? It says this, it's easy to feel hopeful on a beautiful day like today. Now, some of you are like, wait a second, it's north, northeastern Ohio. It's not beautiful, right? It's gloomy. Just think about it. The, the sun's shining, even when the snow's kind of on the ground. Maybe we'll have a white Christmas. Maybe we'll not. I, I don't know. But it's a beautiful day, right? Picture that. Uh, some of you like the beach. I don't understand the whole beach thing. My wife loves the beach. I, I, don't stand, I can't stand it. I don't like sand getting in places where it shouldn't be. Um, yeah, right. See, I mean, so uh, whatever your beautiful day is, just think about that beautiful day. So it's easy to feel hopeful on a beautiful day like today, but there will be dark days ahead of us. There'll be days where you feel all alone, and that's when hope is needed most. Keep it alive. No matter how buried it gets or how lost you feel, you must promise that you will hold on to hope and keep it alive. People need that. Those are some wise words, right? Anybody, anybody want to give a, a, a guess who, who, who said that? Where that's from? No? I, oh, yeah, I wish. No, no. No, no I don't think so. So uh, th this week I was uh, doing some, some in-depth study um, on, on hope and everything. And as I'm in-depth in and in study, uh, watching Amazing Spider-Man 2 with my son, um, <laughs> that was a valedictorian speech of the, of the girl, if you watched the, um, the Amazing Spider-Man 2, the newer one that, that she talks. She talks about hope. Was she talking about the hope that we have in Christ? Absolutely not. 
But, but what I wanted to, to, to kind of focus on here is um, the, the need for hope is there. We, we have to have hope. If we don't have hope, um, we ain't got nothing. And, and, and I'm going to say it like that because you ain't, you ain't getting nothing for Christmas. Some of you, that song is playing for you, right? But it, without hope, we ain't got anything. Uh, and, and what would I want to do is, um, without hope, and I want to I focus on that um, our great need and the need for, for, for today, when I say today, the need for our, our time together, and, and mind you, um, this is morning service, and we're having a, a, an evening service this afternoon, 6 o'clock, uh, so don't think, hey, I, got, I, I, did, I did my church for one day. Come back tonight, not to see, hear me, but to hear the kids. They have been working hard on this puppet show that's going to be awesome. Um, so uh, 6 o'clock, and, and my, my plan is, this is a little plug, my plan is to, to be out of here uh, by 7 o'clock at the latest. I'm thinking like 45 minutes. Um, we're going to puppet show, sing a few Christmas songs. I'm going to give you a real short sermonette, uh, basically on the same thing, hope, because it's all about hope. Um, and then we're going to go uh, and spend time with our, our, our families and encounter some of those uh, um, difficult times that we need a lot of hope for, right? Amen. Amen, my sister says, right? Although we've made it through two uh, Christmas parties so far, and not, not, nothing's going bad so far, so woohoo! I should I talk too soon, right? So what I want to talk today is, about is without hope. If 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 you have no hope, if 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 there's no hope in your life, you're like I, you're talking about hope, and I, I don't have it. Well, what what you need to understand is if you're living without hope, you're living a life that God did not intend for you. Just, just hear that. Don't get defensive. Don't, don't, don't think about, well, that's a hard thing to say. No. I just want you to know that, that God is very clear that if you don't have hope, um, you're, you're not living the life that God intends for you. God intends greater things, and understanding that his greater purpose um, uh, exceeds anything that you can think of uh, is important to understand the hope in which we, we are to have. So, um, as we lit the candle and as we, um, you know, kind of talk about hope, I, I think one of the things that, that, I, that is uh, necessary is um, talking about what hope is not. Be, because I, I think that, that what has happened with, with our society and everything, just like everything else, uh, people try to uh, uh, reason away different things um, as if um, that, that we are evolving and getting smarter so we don't need things like faith and we don't need things like hope. Well, what, what I want to say today is that hope is not, and hear me, is not some kind of psychological notion that kind of evolved um, throughout, the, uh, throughout human uh, history. That's, that's not what hope is. It is given to us by the creator of the universe. God has given us hope. So, so don't look at, at things like uh, faith and love and hope as something that's kind of, you know, man-made no, these are gifts from, from God. So when we, we kind of start to get our, 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 our heads around this, what we need to do is we need to understand that, that when uh, we look at hope and, and we hear about hope and we live in hope and all these things that go along with hope, this determines the way in which you live your life. The way in which you view and the way in which you understand hope determines the way in which you live your life. Now, now some will say, well, I, I don't really believe that. 
I'm not here to argue beliefs or anything. All I want to do is I want to hopefully appeal to you in the sense that God has given us something that he intends to be good for us. The reality behind it is what is your response to that? And that's what we do when we come together and we light candles like this and we come together and we sing these awesome Christmas songs, which by the way, I mean, choir was 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 great. I mean, that was a couple practices, and uh, I think we nailed it. Um, so, uh, anywho, Jeremiah said, well, we should have a choir every week. Okay. I told him if we did, we need choir lofts and everything. We need to go back old school, put chairs up here, and we'll leave the choir up here like, staring out at everybody during the sermon. <laughs> yeah, get some mm-hmm from the back. But what we need to do is we have to ask ourselves the question, that how does understanding hope determine the way in which we live our lives? And that's what we want to do. We want to ask a question, then we want to get an answer to that. Because when we ask questions, we're more apt to hear what it is that God has to say, right? I can stand up here and just tell you all day long a bunch of cool things, at least I think are cool, and you'd be like, mm-hmm, cool. And then you walk out the door and you kind of like, poof, they're gone. But if you go out the door and you say, you know what, how does hope... And this question is rolling through your head. How does hope determine the way in which I live my life? Then you're going to start thinking about the three things that we're going to talk about. So three quick points. And I say quick because I'm a liar, I guess, because it probably won't be quick. I'm working on that. But three quick points I want to make. Three elements to understanding how hope determines our lives. If you have a Bible, if not, it'll come up on screen. Turn to Romans chapter 15. Because in Romans chapter 15, I think this is where we, we need to start uh, when we're talking about, about hope. Um, because your source of hope matters. Just, just hear me. Your source of hope matters. Uh, and, and why do I say that? Well, because there's a lot of people that hope in a lot of things. And, and what we need to do, and I'm not saying any of those are bad. I'm not saying that your job's bad or your abilities are bad or your 401k is bad. I'm not saying anything is bad. What I'm going to say is every one of those things has the potential to let you down. So your source of hope matters. Uh, and the source of hope, as we see, as God has communicated uh, to us in Scripture, our source of hope is one source, and that one source of true hope is God himself. Anything outside of a source, or I should say anything outside of hope in any other source, like I said, is going to let you down. Now, I'm not saying that those things are bad. God gives us things so we can enjoy. And when we enjoy those things, we glorify Him. But we have, what we have to do is the things, the material things, the experience, all that stuff, those are not the source of joy. The source of joy is God himself. Look at at, uh, this with me in Romans chapter 15. Um, We'll start in verse 8. In verse 8, the Apostle Paul, he's he's right here and he says, "Uh, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarch. So he's saying that he sent Christ uh, to the circumcised. That means to to the Jewish people. He he sent Christ to the Jewish people. Why? To show um, his truthfulness, but also uh, to show his promises given to the patriarch. So the patriarchs, uh, those those guys in the the, the beginning of, of the Old Testament, that like 
Abraham, that, that God said that I'm going to make your, uh, your seed a, a great nation. I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you all of this, this stuff uh, so uh, that, that my name is great. So he, he's saying that, that, that he sent Christ to fulfill these, 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 these uh, promises. Well, we talked a few weeks ago, these prophecies that, uh, that were given thousands of years before. And he goes on to say, and, and this is the good part for us, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. We are the Gentiles. Uh, I don't know everybody's uh, you know, ethnicity in here, but most, I, I don't think there's any uh, full-blown Jews in here, ethnic Jews in here. So we all fall into that, that, that Gentile category. And when I say that is that when you're reading through and it talks about this, uh, this, is, this is great news for us. This is the good news, the joy to the world. The Lord is coming. So this is the good news that we're to spread, that the angels came to, to deliver. And it says that, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. And now he's going to uh, quote some Old Testament scriptures. Scriptures. It says, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. Pause there for a second. Um, do we have hope? He, he, this, is, this is the Apostle Paul. He says one, two, three, four different times. And, and, and what you need to do is when you're reading the Bible and you see something that's in repetition, usually the, the repetition of three is like, this is very important. So if the repetition of three is very important, the repetition of four is very, 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 uh, we would use the word uber, right? It's uber important. So this is of utmost importance here. And the importance is that Gentiles have hope. And, and, and the Apostle Paul just doesn't leave the, on, on that, uh, just say, hey, the Gentiles have hope. No, he's writing to an audience here uh, in, in, to the, the, the church in Rome that's made up of Jews and Gentiles. And there's a little quarrel, quarreling going on. Uh, I mean, yeah, I know this is old because there's no quarreling in church now, right? <laughs> right. No, this is for, the, for us. It's very applicable to us. There's these Jews and Gentiles. And he's saying, because what was going on was the Jews were saying, yeah, but the Messiah is just for us. And God, through the Apostle Paul, saying, no, the Messiah is for the Gentiles as well. So the, the, the Messiah, Jesus, is for us all. It says when the, when the angel comes in Luke 2, it says, for uh, with whom God is pleased, with all whom God is pleased, all men whom God, God is pleased. So the, for, for all men, all types of people, Jesus came. And, and this is what Paul is saying here. So he, he says that the, the Gentiles have hope, but he doesn't just leave, hey, you've got hope. He identifies the hope. And this is what I love. If you don't have uh, this verse highlighted, and, and you should always write in your Bible, I, I believe that. Um, if you don't have this highlighted, highlight it, because verse 13 is, is the crux. It, say, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So, so, so think about this. Well, the Apostle Paul here, he's saying that um, the source of hope is God. God himself, and a result of the source of hope, you're going to have joy and peace. So, so some of us would say, well, I don't have that peace. There are some unsettled things that are going on. Okay, I would not discount that. I'm not saying that, that you are without hope then. What I'm saying then is maybe your eyes aren't on the one true source of hope. 
direct your eyes, fix your eyes. What's that, 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 old, that old song? Fix your eyes upon Jesus. He is our source of hope. And this is what, what Paul is saying here. And he's saying, because we have that source of hope, because we have that source of hope, the, the, the Spirit of God is going to abound in us, to stir up in us, to produce in us, to make us experience that hope. So, so don't think of, of hope as something that is, is um, just this nice little uh, theological term. Well, yeah, we, we got hope, and, and it's, it's, it's distant from us. Hope is to be experienced. So many people, they put out in their front yards about love, joy, peace, and hope. And they, they put that there, but they don't experience that. God gives us hope so we can experience hope. And that hope is in Him. I, I put here that, that, that we, have the, we have to identify God as our, uh, our source of hope because hope placed anywhere else is futile. Because, like I've already said, it, it'll let you down. O only God is, as the Bible tells us in Genesis 1, He's the source of all things. It says, in the beginning, God created. So the creator of the universe, the one who created all things, is the source of our hope. We didn't evolve into, from some sea creature or whatever. No, it says God created. He created with intention. If He has created with intention, with purpose, He's got purpose for you and for, for, for me, for all of us. So not only is God the creator, it says um, in uh, Colossians 2 that um, in Christ, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Well, what does that mean? Well, too many people say, well, I don't really know God. I don't know a lot about God, or we can't really know God. God's un, his, 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 his majesty and his attributes and characters is just unknowable. In his totality, in the fullness of it, yeah, it, it pretty much is, because your brain can't, can't hold the glory of God. It would do that poof, explode moment, right? But what we can do is we can look to Jesus and we can understand that in Jesus, God has communicated, has displayed himself to us. That's why it says that Emmanuel, God with us, he's God incarnate. Uh, I, I love to use the illustration, he's God with meat. That's what, what, what incarnate, right? Right? Chili con carne, right? Everybody like chili with meat? Everybody knows this. I mean, because it, it, incarnation, same root word, it's God with meat. He has flesh on. He, he's come to dwell with us. Uh, why has he come to dwell with us? Well, to give us hope. But we also understand in my favorite book of Colossians that it's Jesus that holds everything together. How can I hope in God? Because it's him who holds everything together. I get it that some of y'all are very organized, and you're very strong, and I'm not taking anything away. And that's great, because those are gifts that God has given you. But at the end of the day, you know, I know, that you ain't got it all together like you, you say you want, or you want to appear to have it all together. Why? And that's not a dig or anything. That's just you are not made to have everything under control. It's outside of your power. So, and when I say that, it's so we can take a sigh of relief, like, oh, okay, I can... I'm not, I don't have to be completely in control because there's no way I'm going to drive myself insane trying to be completely in control because only God can be completely in control. Because it says that he, he has all things. He is the one that holds all things together. Another one, I mean, for, for this argument here is that um, having Christ as our, our foundation of hope, um, 
what we, what we can do is that um, that foundation can never be changed. The Bible explains to us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That, that's where you want your hope to be built, on, on a foundation that, that is not going to be tossed to and fro. Oh, there's a new, hey, there's a new belief, and there's this new thing. No, Jesus is the same. Jesus doesn't change. That's a foundation which we need. Having that, that, that foundation, what we can do is we can stand firm and we can sing the song, which we're going to talk about a little bit more tonight. Uh, the, the song that by, I don't know who sings it originally, but David Crowder redid it, All My Hope Is In Jesus. We can sing that song uh, b- because no matter what life throws at us, if our source of hope is God, we can deal with anything. Anything. And, and I'm not saying that what you're dealing with isn't important. No, the, the, the darkest of things. Why is that? Because Jesus faced death for you. He faced death for me. So he, he, he's, he's faced the worst for you and I. So whatever we're dealing with now, my hopes in him, he's going to face it with you. Having the, the, this proper understanding of the source of hope, it, 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 this is just the beginning. Yes, this sounds like a, a huge beginning. It is a huge beginning. And it does start with a, a, a relationship of, of faith, a trust in Jesus Christ. But as we, we talk, you know, this is, this is a beginning. And once you have your source identified, um, what we need to do is, is your faith in that hope, that your faith in that source um, is, is then developed through what, what, what you know, uh, the Bible, say, or I should say, well, the Bible does say this, but theologians really talk about, preachers talk about sanctification. Your, your faith and the hope in what you have, the source of, of what you have, is developed through this process called sanctification. Let's just say that it's developed through your life, through the trials and the tribulations you go on, or you go through in your life. Turn with me to um, Romans chapter 5, just a couple pages back. Because the second element here, the second important uh, piece of the puzzle to understand how hope determines our lives is your development of hope matters. And I say this, it's not like we need to develop God. So think of this like when we're talking about our source of hope is God. God is a source, so think of hope as like the noun part of this word. Now we're going to look, kind of look at the verb action of this word because your development of hope matters. How you not develop God, God's already developed, but how you interact and react to what God has done and this hope in which he's given us is important. This is the, um, the, the active element. If we're not active in this element, we can feel hopeless. If you feel hopeless, ask yourself, am I active in hope? I know that kind of sounds redundant, right? Well, if I feel like I'm hopeless, I'm obviously not active in hope. Okay, God didn't intend to give you something for you not to use, for you not to experience. This is an active element. I, I like how one guy says it. He says it like this. When it comes to the quality of our lives... Hope makes all the difference in the world. Without hope, our lives degenerate into something God never intended. And that's how we started out. God didn't intend to us to live a, a hopeless life. Without hope, we, we fall into this. We fall into this, 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 this area in which we don't need to be in. 
Ravi Zacharias, who knows uh, Ravi? Some, some of you know about who Ravi Zacharias is. Great, great theologian, great preacher. He says this. Hope is that indispensable element that makes the present so important. Now, I'm not saying present like the gifts of which we're going to give. The present, this, this time period. So hope is the indisp- indispensable element that makes the present so important. Significantly, the absence of future hope has an amazing capacity to reach into the present and eat away at the structure of life as termites would eat a giant foundation. So, so hear, hear what he's saying here, and I believe this wholeheartedly, without having that future hope, and that future hope in which we're talking about is that um, Jesus is coming again, if we don't have that future hope, what, what, what happens is that our structure of life gets eaten away by termites. Well, what are these termites? It's just the situations and things and trials and tribulations, these things that, that, that happen. Being a believer in Jesus Christ does not make you immune to life. What, what, what it does is it makes you hopeful in life. So when you deal with a situation, you can deal with it under the power and the work of the Holy Spirit and uh, understand that the God, uh, the, 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 the army of the, the Lord uh, and the commander of the army of the Lord, Jesus Christ is the one who's leading you into battle. So what we do is, is we need to focus on how, we're, how are we going to develop this? How is this going to be developed in, in, in our lives? What we have to accept, and this is a hard part sometimes, is that hope is most developed in the toughest times in our lives. Most hope is not developed when we're on the, the highest of high. Now, I'm not saying that God cannot give you assurance and cannot do a work when you are on a, on a high, a, a, a spiritual high, not other highs. Uh, when you're on the, I'm not saying that God doesn't do and doesn't work there, but nine time, 99 times out of 100, when God does the greatest work is when you're in the darkest of places. Because it's, it's when we're in the darkest of places that we need him the most. Not that we don't need him up here. We do, but we're not so, we're not so aware of our need for him. Because we're like, hey, everything's going well. Maybe you're halfway up the hill and you're like, hey, everything's going okay. But it's when we're in the darkest of places that we, we, we are more, um, what's the word, malleable. We're more moldable by God to, to do what it is and be who it is that he, he designed us to be. So, so don't let, don't let the, 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 the tough times of life, don't let them get you down and like, well, God must not love me because he's allowing this to happen. How, how about this? How about viewing it as God loves me so much that he says that, I'm, that he thinks that I'm so worthy to go through this crappy situation? Now, don't go out there and look for those crappy situations because sometimes you might get in a crappy situation because just you're a jerk. Don't, don't go looking for that, but identify, hey, I'm here. Why, why is God allowing me to be here? Maybe some of it, why did God put me here? But, but understand that, well, maybe he, he's wanting you to, to develop better this understanding of what hope is. Look at uh, Romans chapter 5 there with me. Verse 1, it says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, I I love that. So he's saying, since we're brothers and sisters in Christ here, we have peace. Everybody wants peace. Everybody. I don't care who you are. You want peace. Why? Because God put that that, that desire for peace in us. It says, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
You can, I'll be the first one to say, you know people that don't have peace, right? That, that, that you look at them and, and they're just miserable. Well, that's because there, there, there's this hole that's been put inside us by God that, that we, we desire peace. But only peace that's going to satisfy that is going to come from God. That's what Paul's saying. He says, through him, we also, you have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So we rejoice in hope. Not only that, I love how Paul keeps on going on like this. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Wait a second, I don't rejoice. I don't like suffering. Okay, again, don't go out looking for it, but if it happens, look at it as, okay, what is God trying to tell me? Here Paul's saying that that we can rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Just as an athlete has to train to, to, to build muscle and to do better in, in, in their endurance, they have to build up that endurance. Yes, um, athletes, if we looked at like LeBron James, everybody knows who that is. You look at God has given him a gifting. But LeBron James still has to practice, and he still has to train. He still has to, to go through that, that, that regiment to, of conditioning. What we have to understand is just because um, one is gifted in, in an area doesn't mean that, that, that you don't have to execute and in, in, um, uh, exercise in that area. And the same thing, just because we've been gifted with the hope, uh, the hope of God doesn't mean we don't have to exercise that hope of God. And when we look at this, sometimes the hope in the character development is through perseverance. It's through some hard times in which we got to go through. And there some of you here that are sitting right now like, yes, this time of year is hard for me because maybe I lost this person and I love this person or this happened or I understand. Believe me, I do. I understand on some level, but what we have to understand also is that God's not going to, and hear me, God's not going to put you in something or put you through something that he hasn't already provided the answer for. Some people say, well, God's not going to give me any more than I can handle. Yes, but. We understand that the yes, but is you're right. God isn't going to give you anything more than you can handle because... He's given you himself. He, he, he's the answer. Understand that, that, that sometimes that, 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 that time of conditioning has to happen so we develop more in our hope. When we look at this, we, we, we need to say that uh, don't, don't face the situation with the wrong perspective of what hope is. We can face the situation, we can have the wrong perspective of hope. What we need to do is we need to face the situation. We need to face what it is, the suffering or trial or whatever. Maybe it's a good thing. Whatever it is, we need to face it with the mindset of developing your faith and your hope in God. Whatever it may be. Because remember, a hope that's not exercised, is not used, it turns into this hopelessness. The third and final thing here is, is you know, we, we take the God is the source of our hope, and we take that your hope, um, uh, your, your, your development of hope matters. 
we need to take it then and, and um, shoot some nitrous oxide or whatever into it to really juice it up um, in, in the sense of now that we, we're, we're developing this, when we're developing this, it, it, doesn't, um, it doesn't stay contained with inside of us. The third thing here is your sharing of hope matters. 1 Peter 3.15, turn there real quick. If not, it'll come up on the screen. Here it says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared to share the hope in which you have. Here, the Peter, one of my, my dudes, is he saying, you can share your hope. You can do it. We talked last week, that whole you can do it. Remember the, the great theologian Rob Schneider on Waterboy? You can do it, right? We wake. Understand that you can share your hope. I don't know what to say. I, I, I. How about Jesus is the reason for the season, Right? That's a good place to start. What did the angels come and tell the shepherds? Hey, Jesus is born. Right? That's a good place to start for us. Understand that we can share this. And and I believe when you share something of this magnitude, when you share your hope, it's a display of what is truly important to you in your life. If you can contain everything inside, well, it's just between me and Jesus. Okay, but the Bible says that we're supposed to go and tell. A song says go tell it on a mountain, right? But, but we're, we're supposed to, that doesn't mean everybody has to, to, to be a Billy Graham evangelist, but it says we're supposed to share the hope in which we have. When we share the hope in which we have, what we're doing and if you, maybe you never thought of it this way, but what you're doing is you're trying to, you're not only trying to communicate and convince the person of, of, of the hope in which you have, you're really reiterating and firming up a foundation of what you do have. Sometimes it just needs to come out of your mouth and to, to say uh, words that you believe in here and in here, they need to come out here to, to really take effect. That's going to determine the way in which you live your life. I, I put this down as I was going through this because I think this is important. I didn't want to mess it up. If we really believe the Bible and what it says, if we really believe that Jesus is Lord, if we really believe in heaven, if we really believe in all of this stuff, if we really believe, we will share our hope with others. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad or anything, but what I want to do is I want to push you into that experience aspect of hope. Not just that knowing it, but that experiencing it. I believe that a Christian who will not share their hope, what it does is it causes others to believe that hope isn't very real or very important. If we're unwilling to share this great news, 
Remember that what, what it is that we're sharing, the hope in which we're sharing is when we face death, and everybody will face death, when, not if, when we face death, we do not have to face death unknowing. That's the hope in which we have. It says that Jesus came to save us, to seek and to save the lost. So what we need to do is we need to understand that the worst thing that could ever happen to me is my, my life could end here. I could close my eyes for the last time. I could be in a, a tragic accident, whatever. That would be the worst thing here. But my hope is in Jesus. So when this happens, I'm going to be with him for, for, forever. So the, the greatest fear, and I don't care who you are, but the greatest fear of humankind is death. And by Christ coming, being born as a little baby, by living a sinless life, by dying a death in which he did not deserve, by raising from the dead, he has overcome death. That's the hope in which we have. So when, when we're, we're talking about sharing that, man, you don't have to get all juiced up like I do. I, I, I get it. Some, we only need a couple crazies, right? But, no, but understand that the hope in which you have is not something that you have or you have done or you have, have formulated. It's what God has done. And, and it's the hope in which God once communicated and he has chosen to use a bunch of wackos to communicate it. I'm talking about y'all, right? You, you, everybody's heard the story of Balaam's donkey, right? In, in the Bible, if not, God uses a donkey to speak his truth. He's going to use donkeys uh, to speak his truth. Now, fill in. I mean, we're in church. I can't say bad words. So, but just think about it. The good news, is it's, it's not like yours. It's God's. We're his messengers. Like last week, we're unlikely messengers, but we're called to share this good news. So, so when somebody, when you're sharing the good news with somebody and somebody says, I don't want to hear it, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting God. They're going to have to, they're going to, have to answer for that. So, so, so let that just kind of, kind of sink in. Because having faith in the hope in which we have, having faith in Jesus Christ, what it does, it empowers us. I, I mean, I could go on and on. Some of you know what I was like before God got a hold of my heart. If not, ask Bobby, and I've, I've asked him not to say, but he will. He'll give you stories. But understand where, like, I never thought that I'd ever be standing right here and God would be using me to do this. But God empowers us to do his work in ways in which just kind of blow your mind. What, what is that, where does that come from? It comes from the same source that our hope comes from. It comes from God himself. So, so I want to end with this. As you share your hope, not if you do, because I'm confident. I, I, I really am. Will it be difficult for some of us? Yeah, some of, I'm an introvert. I get it. Will it be difficult? I, yeah, it will be difficult under your own power. But as you share not if you share, but as you share. Maybe one more time. As you share. How about this? How about everybody say, as I share. As I share. There you go. I'm convinced now because you're going to do it. So as you share your hope that is focused on God, that's being developed. Now I'll say being developed because you're never going to arrive. 
We're never going to, oh, my hope is developed and I'm good. That's where I need to be. You're always, God's always going to be working on you. We're not going to come to completion till the day of Christ. And that means until he comes back, till he splits open the sky and he comes back. Big tattoo on his leg, big horse, breathing fire, all this good stuff. He's not dragging. But understand that, 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 that he is coming back, understanding that that day we will be then taken up and, be, and to be with him. Until that day, you're a work in progress. Some of you are a work in progress, right? But you're a work in progress. So as you share your hope that is focused on God, that's developed through tough times, you will see that it does, in fact, impact your life. If it's not impacting your life, you got to assess the situation. Is my hope in him? Is my hope in God? If not, talk to somebody. Some, a good source. Talk, talk, talk to one of my, myself or one of the, the, the elders or, or uh, Sunday school teachers. Talk to someone that, 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 that you know has a hope in Jesus Christ and, and, and they can help you develop your hope in him.